Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Richmond, California, few places in the Bay have seen the levels of demographic change that this city of 110,000 has. From the white and black southern migrants who came up the rail lines to the shipyards to the Mexican, Central American and Laotian immigrants who have come in successive waves. The city's become just a remarkable mix of food cultures and has been for years now. Here to talk about this great town, we're joined by KQED food editor Luke Sai, who also happens to be a Richmond resident. Hey, welcome, Luke. Thanks so much for having me, Alexis. So, Luke, you join us every two weeks to talk food culture. What do you think, as a as a resident, clearly a booster, what makes Richmond's food culture distinct from other parts of the Bay? <laughs> well, I think that um, you really cannot talk about the Richmond food scene without talking about Mexican food. Um, Mexican food and other uh, Latin American food cultures. Um, that was really my first exposure uh, to Richmond, you know, long before I moved here, you know, probably uh, seven or eight years ago. Um, I remember just hearing about this uh, so-called taco corridor, um, which is on 23rd Street, which is kind of one of the main thoroughfares um, of, uh, of Richmond. And, you know, you don't hear about it as much as you hear about, say, Fruitvale um, or The Mission, you know, kind of these well-known kind of enclaves, uh, these food enclaves. Um, But I would say, you know, Richmond can go toe-to-toe, you know, especially that stretch with any Mexican food neighborhood in the entire Bay Area, you know, and probably... You know, I can walk out of my house. Um, I live right off of 23rd, and there's probably a four block stretch um, where there are, you know, probably 10 like truly outstanding um, taquerias, you know, specializing in everything from, you know, char grilled chicken uh, to lamb barbacoa. Um, and it is just this uh, remarkable uh, treasure um, that Richmond is home to. Um, there's pupusa stands, there's uh, Guatemalan panaderias, you know, just so much deliciousness. Um, I think the other thing about Richmond that, you know, you can't really talk about food in the Bay Area without talking about um, gentrification, (laughs) you know, and I think um, Richmond, uh, like so many other parts of the Bay Area is experiencing this, um, I think the past two or three years, every single year, any list that has like the hottest housing markets, you know, the the places where uh, housing prices are going up the most, Um, you'll see Richmond right near the top of that list. Um, But I think, you know, this usually follows a kind of predictable pattern, right? We see this in San Francisco, we see this in Oakland and other places. Once wealthier uh, newcomers move into a city, you start to see a pattern of businesses that cater towards those new residents. And that's really reflected in the food and beverage scene. You you see 
um, the fancy coffee shops that open. Uh, you see the upscale restaurants um, that are really catered towards these new residents or, or towards even people who live elsewhere uh, to come in and, and, and spend money at these places. But I think what's so interesting to me about Richmond is that even as Richmond is experiencing these issues, that hasn't really been reflected uh, very much in the local restaurant scene, you know, and so I think what I love about Richmond is that when when you look around, when you look at around the restaurants, you know, you look at uh, 23rd Street, uh, you look at the stretch of San Pablo Avenue that goes through Richmond, these stretches largely are unchanged, you know, since since I've moved here and, and really over the past five or 10 years, uh, they still have the same character. The, the restaurants are all primarily still catered towards uh, the city's working class immigrant uh, communities, uh, its communities of color. Um, and it is just this wealth um, of, of food um, that just is so wonderful as a result of that. We're talking about the food scene in Richmond with KQED food editor Luke Sai, and we'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite place to eat in Richmond? Give us a call now, 866-733-6786, or maybe you own a place in Richmond. Numbers 866-733-6786. Get in touch Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum, or you can email your favorite Richmond spot to forum at KQED. Org. We're actually joined by a Richmond restaurateur, Viviana Montano, owner with her family of El Garage, started from her garage, and now she's here with us. Welcome, Viviana. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Tell, why don't you just tell us your story? Where did you get started? I know I love it on your Instagram. Started from our garage, now we're here. Um, maybe you could tell us, like, how, how'd that happen? How'd you get going there, and, and where, where's the restaurant now? Yeah, of course. So um, we started from our garage. Um, this started back in, we had this idea of um, starting something from our garage. Um, we knew that we couldn't immediately go for a, a brick and mortar and or a food truck. And so we were like, you know what, let's just start it from our garage. We hadn't seen um, that um, a lot in the area. So mm-hmm. it was kind of hesitant, but my sister just went for it. And we decided to um, go for quesadillas because uh, my sister was something that she had seen a lot in um, L.A. Mm-hmm. And our mom makes the best birria. Um, and she she said, you know what, let's like let's start selling this. And so she um, she was cooking the tacos. I was her cashier. And then we just kind of started selling out and selling out. And it just grew and grew. And yeah, and then um, we were able to get our brick and mortar. You know, we were doing pop-ups all over the Bay Area before getting our actual brick and mortar. Um, And it was really good because we wanted to create an experience since the beginning. We wanted to create something where we pulled the community together and also people from the outside. So it was just kind of like a really inviting place. It was like a Mexican backyard party-like, like (laughs) fun, inviting, diverse place. It was really cool um, being able to do that from our house. And we went on and did it then from uh, like in different breweries. And and that was great. We really loved to see the, um, the outcome of our goal, which was to, you know, build this diverse place. And um, yeah, it flourished. And um, well, tell us about the food. Tell long... us about your specialty. Like, what what is what yeah, does it so... taste like? How do you make it? 
Yeah, so what we sell is quesabirrias. Um, and what that is, is birria. So birria is a very traditional um, like party dish and it's usually served in bigger chunks of meat with rice and beans. And so what we're doing is we're getting this birria um, and chopping it up into tacos and birria, we're, we're doing it with beef. It is also done with goat, but we're doing it with beef. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this, it's stewed in, um, in a chili sauce for hours until it's very soft and you chop it up and we're dipping a tortilla into a um, rendered oil from the actual beef. And it fries up and it has uh, melted mozzarella on top with beef. And it's kind of like a fried taco. So it's really good. It's a mini quesadilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and we now have our brick and mortar in front of the Richmond BART station. Wow. Um, and it's big, right? And like your brick and mortar is like 5,000 square feet or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. Um, when we first got it, it was half like... Um, it was half like a restaurant and half church. And so that we've been converting it um, into a restaurant space now to finally open up. We've been doing only takeout for the moment, but me and my dad teamed up and I'm designing the place and he's executing the projects. So we're really excited. Um, Yeah. We're, we're really excited to be working together and I'm really excited to be designing this place. It's um, it's going to be very fun and, what our goal with this is to just kind of, um, you know, I'm from Richmond and um, there wasn't really a place where we could go and we had to go to like some somewhere fun. We would have to go to Oakland or, or SF or something, but I want a space like that for Richmond residents in Richmond um, by somebody from Richmond. So we're kind of creating that space now and we're really hoping to bring everyone together. We want to do open mics, loteria nights, um, DJ nights, you know, bring everyone together um, and have a fun place in, in, in Richmond. I love it, Viviana. You're basically creating a church of media. That's what it sounds like to me, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, we have a, a listener, uh, some listeners have been writing in with some uh, comments. Tom writes, you know, Richmond was recently designated the most diverse city in America. It sounds like you're trying to build a restaurant for, for that kind of city. And another listener tweets, get red tacos at El Tucan and eat them with a drink next door at the factory bar. Um, what do you think about that recommendation, Viviana? Oh, I think they're great. They're really good. I, I go there myself, so I definitely <laughs> do recommend that place as well. Awesome. Well, we will let you go. Viviana Montana, uh, one of the co-founders of El Garage, uh, right across from the Richmond BART station now uh, up in Richmond. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Viviana. Thank you. Um, hey, Luke, so around Richmond, right, back in the 50s and 60s, you have a bunch of black migrants from the South, and there were a bunch of soul food places that sort of catered to those those folks. Does that legacy continue, or have people mostly, you know, kind of left to other places? Yeah, I, I think, um, y- you know, Richmond is, is dealing with um, – the, the same sort of, you know, loss of black uh, residents that a lot of other parts of the Bay Area are dealing with. Um, but you do see that legacy um, still, I think, uh, reflected in, in, in the city, you know, that there are some several um, really uh, long standing barbecue spots that are still around. 
Um, one of my favorite, favorite places um, in Richmond is this place called um, uh, Mississippi Catfish. And it is this uh, Mississippi style fish fry spot that is located uh, adjacent to a smog check station on San Pablo Avenue. So you can go bring your car, get your smog checked um, <laughs> and walk right next door. And it is the best fried catfish and hush puppies uh, that I have had in the Bay Area. Just really delicious uh, run by this gentleman from Mississippi. So I think, you know, you definitely see it's like I was saying, you see the businesses that are still catering towards this communities, you know, like uh, Richmond has one of the largest Lao populations um, in the Bay Area, you know, it's home to one of the only Lao Buddhist temples, you know, um, that, that we have. And so you will see, you know, on the sort of Richmond San Pablo border, uh, there are a couple of excellent um, uh, Lao uh, restaurants and markets. Um, and, and these are just like businesses that you can't necessarily find in a lot of other parts of the Bay Area. Um, and it is just a wide swath, you know, like just recently, you know, in the past year, you know, I, like I've been living here for four or five years now, but every every week, every month, it seems like I discover something new. You know, there's a, a, a halal pizza place that I love. There's a Turkish kebab place that's like the best of that genre of food that I found in the Bay Area. Um, just last night, I went uh, and, and uh, I must have passed it a million times, but never noticed it. There is a Mongolian uh, dumpling house uh, that I had never seen before. And last night, you know, I, I, I found this place and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, so there is just so much uh, diversity and so much richness, like like one of um, our listeners was pointing out to. And I wanted to um, go back to what Viviana was talking about, because I think, you know, she, like she talked about starting out um, serving from her garage. And that's another thing about uh, Richmond is that, you know, that's one of the hallmarks of the city is that there are all these home-based food businesses. You know, if you walk through the residential neighborhoods, you drive through, you will just see all these people selling tacos, selling pupusas, yeah, selling whatever it is out of their driveway, out of their garage. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of, a lot of times, if you're outside the community, you might think of Mexican food or whatever as some sort of monolith um, or or just some sort of like old traditions that someone's grandma is passing on. Um, but I think what you see with um, uh, Quesabiria and what you see with uh, El Tucan, which uh, one of the, the uh, uh, people wrote in mentioning, um, are these are actually like relatively new trends in the Bay Area, you know? Um, uh, Quesabiria, uh, like Viviana was saying, it started in, in uh, Tijuana, uh, went up and was really big in LA, but up until, you know, two, three years ago, you didn't really see it in the Bay Area at all. And it was in Richmond um, that a lot of these trends first kind of emerged in the Bay Area, not at restaurants, um, but at a lot of these home businesses that were just selling through Instagram. Um, so I always talk about that, you know, like if you want to know what's trendy in the food scene, well, you have to think about how are you defining how are you defining what is trendy, right? right, right. And, it, and is, it, is it trendy to a so quote unquote mainstream audience? Or, but if you want to know what is trendy to like young Mexican Americans uh, in the Bay Area right now, uh, you need to go on Instagram and you need to look at what some of these home businesses are selling in Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating too because, you know, media was like this old school thing. You know, if you want to check it out, you can check out Netflix. 
uh, Taco Chronicles. It'll take you to like the traditional way of doing this in in Jalisco and Mexico. Uh, let's bring in uh, Guillermo. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my phone call. I am very happy to hear that Richmond is getting there like the rest of the Bay Area uh, cities around us. Uh, my major concern is every time that this happens and, you know, families who are established up there, they start to live their American dream and uh, gentrification start to happen. I wonder whether the voice of the immigrants who are living in the area who cannot afford anywhere else in the Bay Area to live has to be they've been pushing out again and again and again from areas like Richmond, which is the last space in the Bay Area where affordable housing and affordable rent was available. And now with all these trending restaurants and people moving in and getting fancy again, uh, I'm afraid of that these families will have to be pushed even farther, which creates a huge environmental issue since we're talking too much about the fact that we want to be green city. And now you have to drive two hours, an hour and a half. To get to, just to, to get to work. work. Right. Hey, thank you for that. Let, let me ask uh, Luke about that. Thanks so much for that call, Guillermo. Um, yeah, Luke. I mean, are you? I mean, these are your neighbors. Are, are you worried about what's ha- going to happen to your city? Yeah, I I really appreciate uh, Guillermo calling in and saying that. And and I think it is a concern. You know, um, I think uh, you know pe- people who uh, are from Oakland live through this. You know, in the past five or ten years, and I think. Uh, if you're a Richmond resident, there's no way you shouldn't be concerned um, about that. Um, I think, uh, you know, one, one of the things that I want to push back against is this idea that Richmond is now having some sort of moment. And so now like, hey, everybody come move here. Richmond is cool now. And, and I would really just reject that, you know, and I would say that Richmond has been awesome and cool this whole time, you know, and in terms of its food, it has had amazing food this whole time. And it doesn't need outside approval of that. Um, and it doesn't need a, a, a bunch of people with money moving in to, to, to give their stamp appro- approval of that. Yeah. And, so, and so far, I feel like, at least in the business sense, you know, I think the housing market is a whole other thing that unfortunately, I, I, I don't, it's above my pay grade to sort of solve that. Um, but in terms of the food scene, at least, I think that it's resisted. And I think if you're a new business owner, uh, who's opening a restaurant ris- in Richmond, you really need to be mindful of that. Um, thankfully, you know, so far, you know, I, I at least in terms of the restaurants, I, I really see that a lot of the places do tend to be community minded, you know, even some of the newer fancy places. I just wrote about a new oyster bar that opened up on the waterfront by the Craneway. Beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Um, and even that, you know, I feel like when I go there, it's people from the community, you know, it's it's laid back, it feels accessible. And so I hope that places can continue to have that spirit. Yeah. We've been talking about the long, awesome food scene in Richmond with KQED food editor Luke Sai joins us every two weeks to talk about Bay Area food cultures. Thanks so much again, Luke. Thanks so much for having me, Alexis. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is Forum. Last couple recommendation on Aviv's table and also Phila Burger Station next to Richmond High School. Stay tuned for more Forum Ahead. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation.
Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.